What's up, everybody? You got Massey Compost tonight on Self-Evident Podcast, where all we're doing is teaching you to live liberated. That is the whole point of this whole uh, podcast, why we do as a ministry. And folks, it really is that. Go on to theselfevidenttruth.com. You can find out more. We got the new course out, Government versus God, and you'll find out more and more about what Article 1, 2, and 3 says, also what the Supreme Court can and cannot do. And I'm excited tonight because we have I mean, again, I reverence people who who I know know the truth and first off that love God and that do this for his will. And so Chris Ann Hall was available to come on the podcast tonight. And I'm not only honored, but I, I don't even know if the word's humble, but I am honored because when you have someone who's got the knowledge and that can say, you know what, we have answers for those who need the answers and to get us out of uh, the oppression and what's been going on. We need to get these people out there as, mu- as much as we can. And so, Chris Ann, I am excited to have you. Say hi to everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on the show. I think my internet is being a little squirrely tonight, uh, this evening. So I will just apologize from the beginning for how how um, pixely I may look to everybody. <laughs> you look you look fine from from here anyway. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. You look fine. <laughs> Super. So, Christina, can you tell everybody where you're at, what you do, and why you do it? Well, I'm a constitutional attorney, uh, but I hope that people don't hold that against me. I'm a constitutional attorney that actually understands the Constitution. I am an historian, so I study not just simply the document itself, but its foundation, where it comes from, what it means. The Constitution itself is a contract, and one of the most important principles to understanding a contract is understanding what the drafters of the of the contract meant when they wrote it. So when you understand that the Constitution is a contract, you must understand that the the only true application, the only correct legal application of the Constitution comes through the meeting of the minds, the intent of the framers. And only when that intent is indiscernible or or maybe lacks lacks precision can you go beyond that into judicial interpretation so the 99 percent of what the constitution is supposed to be is what we call application not interpretation and so i am a constitutional attorney i'm a christian i am unapologetically a christian which Come on, makes somebody. me a constitution which makes me a constitutional attorney who understands the constitution and gives the Lord the glory for it, making me a bit of a uh, endangered species in America. (laughs) Hey, you know what? We're in good company. I think the more and more we start to see what I love is, you know, your, your slogan, it's principle over party. Uh, What was it? Principle over party, truth over liberty, truth over safety. Am I right? Now, liberty over personality. I'm sorry. Now you got me got messed up. Liberty over security, principle over party and truth over personality. And so (laughs) with with that, with that, I just want to say, like, what that does to people is it it makes them get rid of the party mindset because there's encroachments on both sides. I've, I've said this for a long time. I don't I mean, I was kicked out of the Florida Republican Party groups because I said Trump's not a king. And it just upset people. Right. And it's it's the truth, though. I'm not trying to be. Look, I'm not bashing him. I'm saying that the authority we've given the president and he's only doing what other presidents have done. Executive orders. It's kind of like this thing, what they oh, do. Yeah. And so it, there's there's nothing new that he's doing. I mean, also outspending like crazy. That's what, just what these guys do. But we were getting mad when the left was doing it. 
but we're not getting mad right. when the right does it. And and so we're not being as outrageous. And so, I, I mean, there's a lot of things. And what I love about you being a constitutionalist, that's where I lie. Okay, this is constitutional. And the problem is, is it's like uh, catering to, to church people who don't want to adhere to the word of God. They're church people. They're good people, but they don't want to hear the word of God. So you start preaching truth and people get upset at you for pointing out the truth. So I've got a lot of questions. I know I don't have a lot of time with you. I think we've got about 20 or 30 minutes. So we're going to get into this. We're going to talk about how to end state and local mandates. Now, I got really involved in local governments. I was out touring a ton uh, last year. COVID hit, obviously, and, and, you know, the unconstitutionality for real started. I mean, this has started from way back when. This isn't the first time this has happened, but... It really hit us. And so we were we were parked. We couldn't go out and speak. I'm sure you couldn't either. And your your radio stuff just kind of took off from there, I think. It just really kind of hit. And then you were involved at a church, Rodney Howard Brown and all these other things. You guys were involved in this big hubbub that Rodney went through. And so we've got mandates now. It's obvious people know liberty in the Constitution. Like the people who know liberty in the Constitution they know there's something wrong, but can you explain some of the encroachments of liberty that have been happening at like the state and the local level? Did I lose you? There uh, we go. I'm, I'm still here. I think. I got you. I got you. Am I still here? Yep. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> Sorry, I told you, my my internet's a little bit squirrely. You know, I think You're that a, that. The prince of the power of the air does not like what I have to say. Come so. on, <laughs> that's why. That's why we deal with. Well, this Lord, all the time. wait before we go, Father, thank you, Lord, that you protect this in Jesus' name, because the truth has to get out there. The truth has to get out there, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now, go on. Like, Amen. can you tell us? Can you tell us what's been going on? Like, what is it that the state and local governments have been encroaching on? You know, over the last six, seven months, what is it that we've seen that's like people are like, hey, we know there's something wrong, but what? Well, you know, if we just if we sort of roll back and start with this, the real source of the problem, I think the real source of the problem is this uh, uh, this unequal, unequal, enamorate uh, view we've had of the federal government. We've been completely mm -hmm. obsessed with federal government and federal law uh, unjustifiably because all of our power rests state and local. And so when I travel and I teach and, you know, you can ask somebody and I'll ask the people that are listening and watching here now, do you have a pocket constitution? And most people will hold up their pocket constitution, but it's a pocket U.S. constitution. Yeah, I got it. I read it, blah, blah. And then I'll ask, do you have a pocket state constitution? That's right. And then everybody kind of looks at me <laughs> kind of with a question and say, hmm, I didn't know there was such a thing because these stay-at-home orders, these governor-executive-driven executive orders to shut down businesses, to, to put people on house arrest. I don't call it quarantine because only sick people can be placed on quarantine. Amen. Healthy people are placed on house arrest. Which you is know, Shut down your businesses, shut down your churches. I mean, in Hillsborough County, Florida, we had a sheriff go out of his way to arrest a pastor for preaching. Now, I was a prosecutor here in the state of Florida for nearly a decade. And Pastor uh, Rodney Howard Brown was charged with a second degree misdemeanor. And that's Unreal. punishable by 60 days in a county jail and a $500 fine. Okay. Uh, which is bad enough because his crime was preaching. 
right? Oh my gosh. And yeah. so uh, the, the sheriff not only issued a warrant to have him arrested, employed a separate county to have him arrested, sent helicopters to fly over his house during his arrest and held a press conference about how he was going to be arresting someone for a second degree misdemeanor. Never in 10 years as a prosecutor, never in 20 years since in, in another 10 years since then, 20 years total, have I ever seen a sheriff go to that kind of lengths to arrest someone? It was just absurd. So Absolutely. you knew it was political, right? So why this is happening, I believe, is because the people have turned their eyes from the state and local government, have become completely obsessed and infatuated with this federal politics where you really have no power. So the idea is, and the understanding is, do you have, and I'll, and I'll just go ahead and ask you, and I, not to put you on the spot, but I, these are not trick questions. I think they're very easy questions. Yeah. Do you have more power over your sheriff or the U.S. Attorney General? Absolutely. Your sheriff, right? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have more power over your county commissioner or your U.S. house rep? Yes. You're right. The U.S. How you have more power over your county commissioner. Do you have more power over your state senator or your U.S. senator? Yes. The answer has to be your, your state senator. Now, here's the question. Do you have more power over your governor or the president of the United States? Oh, I know where you're going. Yes, I have more power over the governor. Yes. Right. Exactly. So why do we spend all of our political time, all our Amen. political capital, all of our political conversation on an office of the president and completely ignore what the governor's doing? Exactly. Because we've been taught the wrong things. So let me explain to you, this, this applies, this analysis will apply to any state in the union, okay? Read your state constitution. Your states. Now, I have been traveling across the country teaching the Constitution going on 11 years now. For six or seven years, I have I've I've done at a an average of 260 classes in over 22 states every single year for nearly seven years. And now that COVID has, you know, people are tired of COVID. They don't want to be shut down anymore. They uh, uh, we um. Did you lose me again? No, <laughs> we're am. good. Okay. So, okay. So people are, are tired of COVID and they're coming out regardless of these orders now. So we're traveling more again. Now I'm teaching this government overreach at the state and local level all over the country. And this is what I want everybody who's watching this to understand. Read your state constitution, specifically read your bill of rights. Your Bill of Rights in your state constitution not only mirrors the U.S. Bill of Rights, Amen. but is oftentimes better and more complete. And every state constitution that I have studied and taught so far establishes a fundamental principle of separation of powers between the state government. Why is right. that important? The majority of these COVID orders are executive orders coming from the governor. 
The governor does not have a constitutional authority to issue orders to be enforced on the people like Come on. law. Come on. That is the most severe, the most violent attack of your state constitution and the rights of the people, a violation of separation of powers. James Madison said this, liberty cannot survive when the when the authority of the executive and the legislative are combined into one body of people or one person why right. because a governor that can write law to be enforced as law is no longer a governor he is a monarch exactly so so but the, the big i i talked to the sheriff here in martin county nice guy right and he wouldn't enforce these mandates because he said i'm not an i'm a constitutionalist i'm not going to do it I asked him, though, but this emergency power stuff, can you explain this to me? And I asked him that for a reason, because I looked up the emergency laws. I looked up, you know, what this all means. And it, I it can't even call it law. It's a gross overreach of the Constitution. But what happens when people say that to you? What about the Emergency Powers Act? You know, that's what doesn't that give the governor authority? And can legislators who hold the authority of making law, can they just relinquish their power to one man or one woman? You know, that's actually the key to answering your question. Every state constitution, in the same way the U.S. Constitution establishes, that laws made by the legislative branch must be made consistent with the delegated authority of the Constitution. So even the legislative branch is below the Constitution. So the mm. legislative branch cannot constitutionally write laws that conflicts with the constitution of the state and an emergency power law act which actually takes legislative power and hands it to the executive branch is per se unconstitutional because it violates that principle of separation of powers the the legislature cannot do by law what the constitution prevents the legislature to do by constitution so how do you think and and i know i know the answer but a lot of people have been talking to me and asking me the same question well, if they don't have that authority, how did it happen? What made them do that or how did they pass that? Well, the interesting thing is, and, and remember, I told you I'm a historian. Part of Amen. what I teach goes back to the year 1014. And then I studied the philosophers that our founders have studied that go back way before that. And so the truth, there's, there is what they call, Jefferson called it a self-evident truth when he was writing yes, the Declaration Lord. of Independence, right? I love that, self-evident. And a self-evident truth, right, it's an amazing statement. A self-evident truth means something that has proven itself to be true over and over again throughout history. Mm -hmm. And what has proven itself to be true over and over throughout history is this fact, that government will do a lot of things when you're not watching when you're not paying attention but those in government those in power will only do what they're supposed to do will only do what's right for the people's rights when the people expect it or demand it so the question becomes how does the legislature get away with writing laws that are contrary to the constitution the answer is because we let them right and so but with that so like even the scripture says, and the, when, when good men slept, the enemy came in and sowed tares in the field. And so that's what happens right. is when we're not vigilant, when we're not sober. Now, I will say this. I travel a ton. 
especially uh, going into places where I can talk to kids. I've been to many high schools, colleges. I love doing open debates and apologia with the kids. Secular colleges, I love the most. Uh, I love Mm -hmm. it because, you know, they can't defend what they know because it's all modern uh, revisionist history, right? But what I notice Mm -hmm. is people are waking up. I mean, they've been waking up for a long time. It's just that they didn't know what to do. Like, do I study the Constitution? Then what? You know, so there's a lot of questions that I have, but I'm only going to narrow it down to four because I know we don't, we don't have a lot. Um, many are experiencing this overreach, but this is just one of many violations of the Constitution and state constitutions. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not the kind of guy that looks for a silver bullet. I know that's not what it's going to. And it, you know what's crazy is people want that. They want the silver bullet. How can I fix it quick so I don't have to deal with this anymore? And that's wrong. So. What are some of the things that we can do for our local? Because you're right. We throw so much emphasis on a president. And I get I, I get this sense that if you're so upset about who's going to be chosen as president, don't you think he has too much power? Like that should be the, yeah. the, the least thing because our local governments right now have been filled with, well, let's just go with our county council, right? They don't even listen to you when you come up and speak to them. They just kind of shrug you off right. and they, they kind of brush you off and say, well, what do you, you know, we're going to follow data, but then they won't respond. And you're like, what data were you using? You know, all these things. What can we do as, as citizens? I mean, because I know that eventually I'm going to have to run. I mean, I got little kids. I'm going to wait a little bit longer until uh, they're a little bit older, but I'm going to have to run. I'm also a pastor uh, at Revived Church. My, my senior pastor, um, we stayed open through COVID. That's not a brag thing. We didn't have the mask. We didn't follow the mask mandates. Um, we, it, it, we, we stayed open, but what can people do from now on? Because we can't stop once president Trump's elected because right. that's what people want. And that's not the silver bullet here because obviously there's still a lot of things that he's doing outspending Obama. I mean, there's, I can go on a list, but what can we do now? Well, what's interesting is that the reason we are where we are today is because when president Trump was elected the first time, a large segment of our population and those who actually the segment of our population that was actually concerned with the Constitution sort of took a deep breath and said, oh, Trump's president now. Now I can sit back and simply ride the wave when in reality, that's when government starts abusing authority is when the people right. sit back, like the scripture says, when the people sleep. And so uh, the first thing that we must recognize is that, and, and I loved how you said there's no magic bullet, because you're right. There are many people who are running around saying, you know, what do I do? What do I do? And when I explain to them what to do, they don't like it because it means <laughs> you have to be active, you have to be persistent, you have to be educated, right? So let me share with you Samuel Adams said this. No people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. He said, but on the contrary, when the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. See, we lost so much private property rights, personal liberty rights, uh, search and seizure rights. All of these things since April, and it had nothing to do with ISIS. It had nothing to do with the Chinese. It had to do with the fact that we are ignorant about our state constitutions and we are ignorant about the limitation of government. And so what we have to first, step number one, is always getting educated. Step number one means you actually have to learn, read your state constitution. you got to learn what government's supposed to do and what it's not supposed to do. 
step number two is then you have to be able to stand up and take a stand about that. I can tell you the most powerful check and balance is not the, the governor limiting themselves or the legislature limiting themselves. It's certainly not the court system, which doesn't limit anybody anymore, really. The most powerful check and balance is twofold. Number one, you already identified it as your sheriff. Your sheriff has the supreme jurisdiction in your county. And you are blessed to have a sheriff that says, I'm not going to enforce these governor's orders because they do not. They are inconsistent with the state constitution. And so they're going to have to do that somewhere else. Now, a constitutional sheriff not only recognizes that they don't. They don't enforce those laws, but also recognizes that no other body can come into their county and enforce those laws because your sheriff is the supreme executive uh, authority in your county. Your sheriff actually outranks the governor in your county. That's how that works. The second, the second most powerful check and balance, and I would not say in any given order, right? So these two are equally powerful, uh, but because of the way we have been misled and miseducated, uh, the second one can be a little bit more difficult, but is actually in reality more powerful than the sheriff. And that second check and balance is peaceful noncompliance of the people. So let's just say the governor, uh, your governor has started quote unquote, opening the state back up and businesses are back working and business people are going back to work. What happens if all of a sudden the propaganda comes down again and they say, okay, we have to shut everything down again. Peaceful noncompliance says that the business owners and the communities refuse to shut down regardless of the threats and consequences. And so that is actually even more powerful than the sheriff itself, because when the community comes together in peaceful noncompliance, even if you have a sheriff that's not constitutional that wants to shut things down, the body of the people are more powerful than the body of government, no matter who it is, and they stand in defense of their rights together. What does that look like? It means that businesses refuse to shut their doors. It means that the community comes together and supports the businesses that refuse to shut their doors. Come on. If the health department comes in and says, uh, then we will pull your license. Then the people say, we don't need your license. We're going to stay open. If the (laughs) county or the city says, we're going to shut down your electricity. Then the people say, we don't need your electricity. And they bring generators to keep the business open. If the county says, fine, then we're going to shut down your water. Then you say, fine, we don't need your electricity. We don't need your water. We'll supply our businesses with both. And as a community, we will keep them open. Why? Because private property rights are the single most valuable uh, part of the liberty and freedom of the people. And what's happening now is we have governments under the guise of necessity or emergency saying, you don't own your property. We own your property, and we can't have that kind of precedent in America. Amen. Wow. I feel like William <laughs> Wallace right now going, man, they may take our lives. You know, I feel like saying that right now. I'm like, come on. Freedom! 
Freedom! Freedom! That's exactly right. I'm over here thinking, you know, Mark Petzl just commented and he said, it's going to take work. He's exactly yes. right. It's going to take sometimes, and we, you know, I was, I was with Pastor Todd, our, our, our senior pastor, and he said, you know, it might take some of us to be arrested and go before a Supreme Court mm-hmm. so that your rights might actually be resurrected again and people might know, hey, we actually have rights under God, that we have the yes. right to do business. We have a right to our property. We have a right to worship. Now, and hear that. I have the right to exercise my religion freely, not just to worship. And they keep doing this where they keep trying to take away those words and say, you have the right to worship your God. No, no, no. I have the right to freely exercise my religion, which means that our houses of worship are healing centers. So if we want to keep them open because people are sick, we're going to we're going to keep them open because they need to be healed because we believe that script. We believe those scriptures. We believe in that Christ. And so. To all of you listening right now, and Chris, I was even, I'm sorry, Miss Hall, I was going to ask you too. A lot of people say this to me. It's just a mask, bro. It's just a mask. What's all the hubbub for? It's just a mask. What say you to that? Well, number one, it's not just a mask, okay? Number one, it's deception. There is just as much, if not more, scientific and medical evidence that masks do nothing to to stop the spread of a virus, okay? Come on. Um, even though I'm an attorney, my undergraduate degree is biochemistry. I worked in Dang. microbiology. I worked in biochemistry. I worked in laboratories. I know this stuff. So I actually understand that the, the holes, you know, the fibrous holes in your mask are 10 times larger than what the virus size actually is. And so not only does the virus come through, but so does the moisture that comes out of your mouth. So when you speak with a mask on, you ha- everybody knows you have to speak louder, which means you speak with greater force. And when you do that, you're forcing greater mo- you're forcing moisture out of your body at a greater rate, which causes this phenomenon called nebulization. And the nebulization means that what you're doing is you're pushing this moisture through the mask and you're actually making the moisture tiny, 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 tiny little particles to which the viruses are attached. They don't fall to the ground. You know, like if you ever talk to somebody and and a spittle accidentally comes out of your mouth and it goes (laughs) and falls on the ground. Well, what you're doing is you're turning that spittle into an aerosol. So now it actually floats on the atmosphere. So wow. it not only doesn't stop the virus, it actually turns the virus in. It makes the virus easier to spread. OK, uh, number two, it is unhealthy to wear a mask. Uh, hypoxia, breathing. If Let me ask you this. Would you drink your own urine? Your oh what gosh. you breathe out is the waste of your lungs. Your lungs are amazing. They are God created miracle tools that take the air and everything in it, process it through it, that what you need, and then expel all the trash that's bad for you and the stuff that you don't need. When you wear a mask, you are breathing your your ex your extract. You're breathing your your bad stuff back into your lungs. And it actually you know, you see people, and I'm sure the science, you know, the, the vetted scientists won't corroborate this, but have you noticed people are very angry about wearing masks? Yes. One of the symptoms of hypoxia is agitation and irritation. So you're making mm. people wear these masks, they're breathing their own waste 
and it's making them agitated. And in that, right there, in, in that whole context of what you just said, I think that's where people get confused, that it's mm-hmm. not just a mask. This is actually, and, and you got to think about it logically, right? That, that if I'm supposed to exhale carbon dioxide, why do I keep retaining it? Obviously, there's going to be something that makes me weaker. And what, what say you about the whole, since you're all that whole biochemistry, which I had no idea about, holy smokes, biochemistry, my goodness, uh, but herd immunity, Herd immunity. There's well, we need that. Yeah, that's part of the way God created us. God created us with our own antibodies. Uh, God, you know, I mean, that's the and I and that is the miracle that I see in our creation and the mercy of God. God knows through the fall of Adam, the curse fell over the land. But in the face of that curse, God built us with a way in our bodies to overcome that curse, right? And they're antibodies. You build up immunity to things that are around. If you never get exposed to something, you can't become immune to it. And that's how disease and pestilence wipes out entire populations because you don't have an immunity. You know, and I think maybe it might be important to talk about the psychological effect. of having these masks on our children these we are teaching our children to fear each other we're teaching our children to fear open breathing we're teaching our children to listen to government and slavishly submit to whatever they say out of fear and what's really disturbing to me since we're talking from a christian perspective are parents who claim to be Christians who force these masks on their babies on the, and I say babies because anybody under the age of 12 is a baby to me, uh, forcing these masks on our babies out of the spirit of fear. I don't know about you, but my God says we do not operate under the spirit of fear. My God says, let the sick and affirm come to the church and be healed with the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. So why are we as Christians running around teaching our children to live in slavish submission to the word of government instead of obedience to the word of God, setting aside the spirit of the fear and bringing into our households the Holy Spirit and the boldness that comes with that? Amen. No, and it brings even a deeper question because it's exactly right. If the word of God says it, I believe it, right? We should believe it. But then now you're seeing all these people that are supposed to work, especially men, they're supposed to work. And then they get depressed, frustrated. They're staying at home with their, yeah. you know, when, when they're not active, they're supposed to be doing something. They're supposed to be a part of something, uh, building something. It's, it's in a natural man to work and to do with his hands. Um, you know, all these things that are happening, there is a psychological effect that's happening. A lot of suicides yeah. went up. Matter of fact, I can't remember what, what the stats were around here, but... Uh, uh, domestic violence calls went up about 45%. I think the liquor stores were just selling out like crazy, which is a whole other thing. And and this is why it's important, folks, you that are parents, all of you who are watching, that you need to stay in the word of God and in prayer. Because listen, this goes a little bit deeper. When, you're, when, you, when you know the Holy Spirit, when you have that, he won't lead you to fear. He'll lead you to faith. And you know what that right. means? Stepping out. It makes go out. This is why being educated in the things like the Bill of Rights the Constitution, all these things mean nothing without action. They mean right. nothing if you don't believe in the Creator who gave us those things. And Chris Ann, I mean, we, we only have a little bit more time, and and I'll because I want to give you the floor. I want people to know where you're at. I want people to go to your site. I've signed up for a couple of these courses that you have. 
Um, I'm, I'm on the one that's, uh, uh, you have the whole history of the Constitution of 700 years. I want people to really know where they can get this kind of stuff because knowledge for real is power. The more you know, the more you can do. And so th it's so important for people to know and how to study and how to show themselves approved to God. I want, to, I want them to know how, how can they get a hold of you? Can they get on your site? Your courses are extremely inexpensive, by the way. Uh, so I just want people to know who you are and, and, and what they can do to get educated. Go on, their, on your site and tell us where we can find you. Sure. Let me have one second to bounce off what you said, you know, about work. And it's not just simply work, it's persistence. And the Bible teaches us that faith without works is, is empty. It's, Come on. It's, it's worthless. It's death. So, you know, we can walk around and talk about all this stuff and talk about how we believe in the Word of God and talk about how our faith exists and whatever. But if we're not actually living it, then it doesn't mean anything. And so that's why we do what we do. I told you that we travel around the country and we teach. So we teach in churches. We teach in schools. We teach in uh, uh, civic groups. We teach in professional groups. We teach all over the country. So if you want us to come and teach, and I say us because my husband also teaches as well. That's right. My husband is a, a former pastor, an evangelist, uh, and missionary. We are both uh, professors at the River School of Government in Tampa, Florida, where we teach people how, not only these principles, but how to be active in government, whether whether you want to run for office or whether you just simply want to be an educated voter, you need to have classes like this. Amen. You can also get our classes at libertyfirstuniversity.com. It's the subscription that you were talking about before where we teach these classes. It's online, self-paced, uh, teaching American history, teaching the Constitution, teaching civics. My husband and I have some Bible classes on there as well. And it is fit for anybody in the family. We have lots of homeschool parents who use our curriculum to supplement what they have because they trust that we're giving them the real history from original source documents, the real understanding of government as our founders intended it. Amen. And so we have lots of students. I actually have groups of law students across the country who formed groups to study uh -huh. with us at libertyfirstuniversity.com because they recognize that the law schools are not teaching what they're supposed to be teaching. And so we have all of this, uh, chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com is where we have articles. Uh, we do, my husband and I do a podcast, a video podcast and an audio podcast uh, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook. We're live on chrisannhall.com. We're on Roku, Fire Stick, Apple TV and samsung tv and then on saturdays at 7 p.m eastern's time i have a show called constitutional america where for about 30 minutes we get really deep into uh the study of what's going on in uh government current events from a constitutional perspective and so we want to simply not educate we want to disciple so we're yeah. not here to give you you know Un useless trivia to fill your brain because we understand that it's not just knowledge, but it's activation that's necessary. And Amen. so we want to disciple you into proper understanding and proper application of government so we can work together. Because the bottom line is, this is not about us. 
This is about what kind of future our children will live in. Come That's on. why we do what we do, because we want our children to grow up and be free. Yep. And that's Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He said, if the ultimate test of a moral society is the kind of world it leads to his children. So right. we, we've got a job to do. I don't, you know, it's funny. Um, he's going to say one day, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. You know, he's going to say, well done, not well thought or well said. He's going to say, well done. Right. And you look at, you know, he's, he says faithful. It doesn't mean you're going to be successful, but as long as you're faithful, he'll show up. And what a time to be alive because our founders went through this just 240, 50 years ago. And, yeah. you know, and before that, too, there was other civilizations. I'm talking about just America, you know, where we have the opportunity to show the power of God right now. Here is the time where we could say, Lord, move on our behalf. And he's done it for so many civilizations. He can do it for us, too. You know, mm -hmm. and all we need to do is just be active and trust him. And, and it right. is, what I love is it's, it, it seems impossible. And it's like, well, that's where the Lord is. You know, if it was easy, everybody would do it. But it's the impossible that I think that he put us in right now. So. Um, Chris, thank you so much. Would you stay on just for a little bit longer once I end? Sure, sure. Could we mention to to our brothers and sisters in faith out there that sure. Romans 13 doesn't teach a slavish submission to government. Romans 13 <laughs> establishes that government is to be lawful, that people are not to be lawless, and that when government becomes lawless, we are not to follow government into lawlessness. God says that we are to defy lawless Come government, on. not to support it. Amen. First Peter 2 and Titus 3, same thing. These, these scriptures were not meant for us to be subservient to a king's order, but it says that the whole purpose of government is to punish evildoers and praise those that do good. Right. It has nothing to do with oppressing the good people. It has nothing. To, matter of fact, Isaiah 10, 1 says, Woe unto the judges that decree unrighteous decrees and prescribe grievances for my people. Woe unto them. He's mm -hmm. mad at them for doing that. And so right. we have an obligation and a duty, as the prophets did, when they confronted kings because they were being sinful. They were literally destroying right. the people of God. And so we actually, um, right. you know, we have a thing called Church Liberated where I'm teaching this to pastors and you know it's funny because pastor todd just taught on romans 13 as well but it's cool because like now we're seeing that the scripture doesn't mean authority as in the person it means that the structure given by god in romans 13 was given who we elect is on us what we've allowed is on us my husband has an amazing class called uh, awesome. righteous resistance to tyrannical authority you can find it there at libertyfirstuniversity.com and he goes all over the country and teaches it to the churches Amen. No, that's good. Liberty, uh, what is it? Liberty University? Liberty, Liberty First, First University. University. Liberty, Liberty University First is a brick and mortar college. We are LibertyFirstUniversity.com. Right, right. Liberty First University. And I don't even know why I said that because I totally know. I was just on it. LibertyFirstUniversity.com. And again, thank you so much, Chris Sand, for joining us. Um, you answered a lot of the questions that I think people have. And it legit is this. You got to get involved. Mm -hmm. You have to do something yeah. to get educated. So thank you again so much. God bless you. We'll see you soon. And folks, share this video. Uh, get the information out there as much as possible. This has nothing to do with anything else except educating the people, educating the masses. And yes, pastors can get involved too. We're, we're just a few. We can do this in Jesus' name because he's called us for this moment at this hour. God bless you guys. We'll see you this Saturday at 7 p.m. Love you.